Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. I'm delighted to welcome to the Executive Chair, Colette Cleason. She's the Managing Director of Comfort Keepers Ireland, the leading Irish home care provider. Colette, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks very much, Bobby. Delighted to be here. Well, I'm bringing you back to all the way to Rathose in County Meath. Uh, you say your first job was on a farm because I believe you were a farmer's daughter. Is yeah, that correct? I'm indeed, and a proud one at that. Right. Uh, yeah, very first. I think uh, I made uh, made inroads standing in gaps for for many years as my uh, my early my early memories of working. First. So working yeah. on the uh, being part of the farm was it a kind of a situation as growing up that you just did whatever needed to be done? You helped yeah. out your folks with exactly. whatever jobs were on the farm or everybody exactly. had a job to do. And it didn't matter if you were uh, heading out the door to do anything. There was a, you know, a, a, a cow cabin or a, sh- a sheep in some sort of trouble somewhere that yeah. you had to go and rescue. So very much, I think, uh, very much part of part of. So uh, a move away then off the land, you, you trained to be a nurse, is that right? No, actually, sorry. Right. I should have been, I probably, um, I actually didn't quite know what I wanted to do after right. after school so I deferred uh, my uh, university place and said I was going to work uh, for a little while and I got involved I started working in a hospital as a je- kind of just admin and support and okay. found my way into Which hospital was that? Uh, the National Orthopaedic Hospital in Kappa Okay um, and was uh, there for a, a good number of years and So I see you you've uh, a BA in HR and industrial relations. Yes. So, did you do that along the way? I did. I did it at night. So, right. as soon well as I, I, while I deferred my kind of the full time study, I just started to do it at night as I was working. Um, I, I enjoyed. I, yeah. I enjoy working and uh, always have. And I think I, uh, I think I preferred work to school. So, I think the thought of going to full time university at the time was just more school. So uh, well, happy I, to well, get in the workplace. For yeah. somebody who, who you also have an MBA, do you not? Uh, so when did you do that? I did that four years ago, I think. Now I right. got a, um, I got a scholarship um, through Allianz actually to study in Berlin uh, as a, an executive MBA program. No so way. I did that for two years, based in in Berlin, and got a really good opportunity to actually travel the world doing sort of consulting work. We went to Southeast Asia as part of the uh, programme to do consulting with up and coming um, businesses and entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs. Wow. Um, and actually in uh, Istanbul and Russia as well, looking at the different types of how culture impacts business and how, I suppose, business works around the world, really, and the connectivity of it as well. So brilliant. So uh, effectively then in, in uh, Kappa, and then in, I believe, St. Francis Hospice mm-hmm. after that, yep. you were involved in, I suppose, administration or operations per yeah, se. Yeah, so I started off in kind of HR yeah. um, and in Kappa originally it was HR and in St. Francis HR. And then I went into more operations and general services, started to look at clinical and non-clinical risk, infrastructure building within the hospital. So new theatres, isolation rooms, um, all the auxiliary services that support a hospital. So portering, catering, um, the physio quality and how all the other mechanics around corporate governance particularly around yeah, the hospital. Yeah, and when you, when you think about those functions, mm-hmm. those non-medical mm-hmm. functions in a hospital, mm-hmm. 
feeding people, yeah, yeah. keeping the place clean, yeah. engineering, making sure the heating is what all, all those it. things that that someone has to do. Make sure that it and and, and that it, it it has such an impact on the experience of a patient and a family as well. So the the kick the con, the circle of care is it's all of those pieces. Sure. And it, it, the best results you get for people, the best impact is when it works well, well together. Can I ask you then about, I suppose, someone who's close to, say if you take St. Francis Hospice, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it in terms of your day-to-day work there, you're seeing a lot of sadness, you're seeing, mm-hmm. you're maybe seeing things that you wouldn't choose to see in, in the everyday course of one's work. And how do you deal with that? It was it was a learning curve. I was quite young when I was working there too. Um, but what I really learned was, as as hard as it is, dying is a really important part of living and how we approach it. Yeah. And it made me much more aware of the need. Um, it's not somewhere everyone wants to look because uh, exactly what you said, it yeah. might be the most comfortable. But there is magic in those services. And uh, unfortunately, in, in more recent years, we've needed them personally with my own dad. And the impact that those type of services have on a family going through a really traumatic time on the individual maintaining dignity and respect um, is to me it, it is the difference in the dark days that get you through them yeah. and they're so critical and it's probably one of the most one of the places I felt very privileged to work uh, work in very very admirable uh, all of the staff and team that So if you feel that you can make some positive difference to mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. in an awful circumstance Yeah You've done good that day. Yeah, and I think that's where I think that's what's always sort of driven me along, and even how I've how I've moved through different sectors, whether it's disabilities or palliative care or hospital, is when good people come together to do something good. The impact it has when we're on crisis, and I don't think we give enough thought to. Um, that experience and actually no matter how bad the day is, if the people around you communicate well, um, kindly, have patience, it's okay. Yeah. You, you can cope. Um, and I think that's to me has has been something that's always driven me actually. Yeah, I know. Very interesting to hear that. People um, in terms of a career path within this field, mm-hmm. and I know we're going to come to Comfort Keepers in mm-hmm. a minute, but is there a set path for you or... Like there's the HSE, there's there's a couple of places, I suppose, that you could choose to progress your career. So what path did true. you take? So my, I, I was in the more residential and institutional, um, I suppose, sectors of services. So the hospital environment. So you go there for service. Right. And then the same with uh, palliative services in the, where I was working. And then within Cheshire, you know, it was around residential centres and care and moving people into the community. And what the whole through what has moved me through each of them, and where to next, who knows? But the it, it's the this it's a circle, and if one part of the cog breaks, you get very you can get very lost in it as yeah. a, as a as a patient or or a service user. And mm. I became really interested in actually how the community works, and then how each sector. So how does the public sector do it versus the voluntary sector versus the private sector? Right. And. I have always had an appetite for change and how to how to bring it in as quickly as possible. If it if it's beneficial and it's going to have a, a good impact, 
let's do it quickly. And I was interested to see how each sector did it so that hopefully eventually as, as I move through Comfort Keepers and what we do, we design better f- services for the future. So you're constantly taking the learning and what we know is health starts at home and yeah, in the community. And there, there probably has been a shift in your career. Yep. Uh, if we look now at the the private sector mm-hmm. providing a service such as mm-hmm. you, you know your current business mm-hmm. comfort keepers where that was never really there years ago yeah. so everything was over to the HSE or yeah. whoever so yeah. that's clearly created a, and maybe like large parts of that have got to be hugely positive in that people are staying in their own homes for longer exactly. which I presume is what they want to do exactly and it's but it's also if you <coughs> within the community there's lots of different things happening all the time there's lots of holistic things at, at that keep you well at home whether it's your connection to your community your social activities your sense of self yeah. and the longer you retain your sense of self the, the weller you are really in the, lo- in the long term we've also got um, you know a significant change in demographics uh, happening and coming uh, over the next uh, seven years in particular in This is more people retired and, and More people retired than working ultimately Also people living longer I suppose is another yeah, dynamic that will change Yeah and we have you know un- unfortunately as well we have more chronic illness so long term sort of illness and living with illness rather than dying from illness Sure So how do you support those better how do you connect things and to me the community is where all the connection happens because that's where your um your other supports are your, whether your family or loved ones, they have information that's critical to your care, your well-being, as do the services. Yeah. You, you you really kind of can bring the picture together of a person wholly. From the so community. if we talk about Comfort Keepers, you're the managing director there, you were the COO, the yeah. operations uh, officer there for six mm-hmm. years before becoming the managing director. So th- tell us a little bit about the business of of. Comfort Keepers and how it actually works. So Comfort Keepers, we're a national uh, organisation, uh, not not a not a franchise operation, and um, we have nine locations, eighteen service teams um, around the country, and we basically provide support to um, a- anyone that needs support from a home environment and some other type of environments as well. But what you would yeah. call your home. And we develop personal plans based on people's health needs and safety needs and support and resources and then create, uh, I suppose, care care pathway for somebody. Make sure that they stay as happy as possible at home, as independent as possible, but ultimately as close to their communities because... Uh, a community isn't a community without all of its citizens. So we you know, need to take care Now, there's a lot of moving parts to this business. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1,200 staff, mm-hmm. 3,000 people in your, yeah. under your care. Mm-hmm. And uh, essec- essentially then, are you a contractor to the HSE yeah. for services? Yeah, we provide. Is that the ultimate business? It's, well, or the, is there the, others besides the HSE? There are. There are some. Obviously, it's private. Some people yeah. uh, privately uh, um, fund their own care. There are other types of services as well. Um, it can be um, uh, religious orders, different different types of services yeah. outside as well that may, may require support. One thing I, I'd just be interested to ask you, Colette, is about the challenges that you face about keeping your employees, I suppose, keeping the employees you have motivated. Mm-hmm. And secondly, attracting people into your business in that 
you know, that there, that there might be, I suppose, mythical stuff around, you know, barriers that yeah. people might choose to say, well, I, I wouldn't like to do that or I, it's a, why would I do that? It's a, it's a, they are, cha- it's challenging. There's no, like, it's a human service, which yeah. means it is, when it, when it works well, it's beautiful, but it's human, therefore, at times, uh, it stuff doesn't, goes do, stuff goes wrong. And that's, <laughs> it went on no matter what you do, but it's how we deal with, it's how we, um, uh, make sure that we improve if it's us how we work better with families how we how we create better constantly yeah. and we put a focus on that the challenge really is I don't at times uh, yeah people don't understand the role of, of uh, a healthcare assistant or a carer within the sector what it looks like what career progression there is as well and that's something that at Comfort Keepers and the team we spend a lot of time making sure people see the pathways that it's a career the, that yeah, there is it, opportunity there really, within yeah there really is and we've yeah. been really fortunate. We've had lots of great programs where we've had people from, uh, you know, care background. They're now in our finance team, in our HR departments. Do you know? Uh, changing over but the value because the knowledge they have they understand the work yeah. they bring the values to life in everything that we do and it's it's incredible so we we are always challenged to get that out there the other part is too I, you know it's it's seven days a week it's 365 days a year you're caring for uh, people that really need it but our carers and our our, our teams have families too and may have things happening and we find at times that when the two things happen it's very very hard to continue working so retention I think across health is is a challenge yeah. um, and I think we we all everybody working in it we have an uh, <clears throat> I suppose a responsibility to try and make sure And you also almost have an internal competitor in that people are I suppose they see the HSE as a place that maybe can pay better, yeah. that has better conditions. I think. I think. Or are you over, competing against that too? I think over. I think over the last number of years, I don't think there actually is a. That's narrow, is it? Yeah, I don't think yeah. there is actually a difference. And to be, I think there's pluses and minuses, no matter what organisation yeah. you work for. The reality is the demand is so huge yeah. that there is enough room for all of us. So it's it's how we continue to work in partnership and really work with the HSE to identify how we can all do it a little better how we can make the whole sector more sustainable more attractive for the long term because we know we're going to need more and more people uh, to help us as we as we all age you know very privileged we're very privileged in what we do in the hearts of people's home but we've really got an opportunity there's a lot of change in the sector at the moment with regulation coming on board with new tenders and and changes and what we've seen from the pandemic there's a real sense now actually real movement around around home being where we need to start the continuum. Right. There's a, again, there's time where we need to go into nursing homes, but could we do something here that would keep you at home for longer? Well, listen, it's, mm. a, it's a fascinating job and one is. that I, I, I'm yeah. sure that you're, you're very enthused about because of the complexity of it. Yeah. And again, the human side of it yeah. is great to hear you talk about that yeah, no here worries. today. Finally, before you go, uh, we can't let you away. Okay. You're also a drummer, is that right? You well, can play the drums. Uh, yeah, I can't play the drums. That's the, yeah, the little, little secret. Uh, so when do you get to play up. the drums? Not very often. And yeah, you can ask my partner, but I don't know if I pay them very well. But I, I can play them. I uh, took a, a Gary to learn them when I was younger. So. Well, listen, yeah. well, well, you're an interesting character. Correctly. Managing Director at Comfort Keepers Ireland. Uh, welcome and thank you for joining us and good luck with your business and thank indeed you the much. drums. Thank you very, very much, Bob. 
Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.